You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dr. Pass Rush joins us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Chuck, we're just talking about J.J. Watt. What makes J.J. Watt so special? What made him a future Hall of Famer? Well, I think number one, first and foremost, his, his on-field presence is toughness. J.J. Watt is a backyard brawler, and he's always been that, but he was obviously being a great pass rusher. And I think the thing that's benefited J.J. Watt, I heard you talking about John Abraham. I think in this new era, I think a lot of guys benefit from social media. Not saying J.J. Watt's not a Hall of Famer, but when you're making comparisons, A, played in the era, you know, you didn't get to see so much information on him. Now, J.J.'s numbers speak for themselves. He was a public guy who's been out in front, did all kind of charity and supporting, you know, everything from Hurricane Katrina to everything that's happened to people from, you know, involved with Texas in that region as well as, you know, during that time. You know, John was a, you know, laid back, kind of quiet type of player. So from that standpoint, you know, there's a that, – that kind of separates him. And I think the biggest thing that separates him and John – He's a three-time defensive player of the year. Only Aaron Donald and Lawrence Taylor have that um, that honor. So that definitely separates those guys right there by a long shot. You know, Chuck, you mentioned the other day when we had you on, a guy like Grady, uh, Grady Jarrett, he's not going to be fully appreciated yeah. for just how great he was no. because he's been laboring in obscurity with a mediocre uh, team for the most part. Well, Rob, you hit it 100%. I always remember – when Jesse Tuggle made his first Pro Bowl, I think it was in 1992, he had been a five-time alternate. Right. I remember Jerry Glanville, when he brought us all up in a circle and announced Jesse had made his first Pro Bowl, everybody went crazy. And it was like, you know, he had won a billion-dollar lottery. I mean, he just broke mm-hmm. down. And I think Grady's in that situation a lot like his dad, a lot like a lot of other guys that were – and, you know, in my era, myself, who was an alternate multiple multiple times, when you're on a, a bad team, you are you never get the credit you looked at because you're kind of lumped in with the rest of the, the team's the, the team's record and the way people look at the team. So it's tough sledding for Grady because he's evaluated on a team that gets no national pub. I mean, I've never once had this year, and I watch all those TV shows, They've never once talked about the Falcons' individuals on the defensive line, and that ain't right because Grady's had a, a Pro Bowl year, mm-hmm. but he's just a victim of being right now on a, a part of an organization that hasn't had much success the last four or five years. He is the one-man gang on defense, using that phrase again. He's our man, Big Chuck Smith, yep. talking about the Falcons. Lindstrom did make the Pro Bowl, had him on yesterday. He That's kind of a no-brainer as a guard yep. out of Boston College. Chris has put his you know, nose to the yeah. grindstone, does the does the work. That's one guy you really don't worry about. You can only think about the screw-ups he's had maybe on one hand in over the last like three or four years. Chuck, the, uh, let's start with the college game, man. We'll get to the Falcons and the cards in a, in a bit. How does Ohio State beat Georgia? 
first and foremost, I think how they beat Georgia is they, number one, limit Georgia's running game. And let me tell you what they have to do. You got to stop those guys because Georgia wants to come and run that ball. Georgia wants to pound the ball. And that's, you know, who they've always been. And that's what Kirby said when he, you know, hey, we're going to run the ball. Because Georgia doesn't get a lot of explosive plays. This isn't an offense outside of Brock Bowers catching a 50-yard pass or Georgia every once in a while, you know, making big plays. So if Ohio State can limit Georgia's offense when it comes to running the ball, now it's going to force Georgia to have to throw the ball. And and most people, they truly don't know. If you'd ask people outside of Athens and Atlanta who their receivers are, they wouldn't know. They'd name two tight ends. Limit Georgia's running attack, and I'd take my chances if I'm Ohio State on Georgia actually having to throw the ball because outside of Brock Bowers, they're, they don't, they're not a big play team. All right, how do you stop Jalen Carter if uh, you're that Ohio State offensive line? I go at him. I make it a backyard brawl. I have one guy blocking him, then I have another guy come and peel him off and try to knock him on the ground. Everywhere Jalen goes, I, I challenge him. Great players a lot of times, particularly in the college level, don't get challenged because I won't say guys are scared, but there's a, a over-respect factor. Hmm. Number one, I'd make everybody else beat him. I would run power plays at him, double team. I wouldn't let him get on many one-on-ones, but I would turn into a backyard brawl, and, and I would just see how, to, how a big bully, a great player like him, handles it when they go at him in a way that he's not used to it. But if you sit back and play comfortable football with him, I think, you know, clearly with his talent, he's going to manhandle the guys in front of him. And that's that's the first thing is I turn into a, a nasty fight and see how he handles that. And if anything, that could fatigue him as well the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And you want to be accountable for him. And my thing, too, a lot of that, a lot of things that he does well, Georgia likes to send pressure, especially off the ball with the linebackers. Mm-hmm. He does a great job of getting in this fit when he's twisting. If he's supposed to be in the gap and taking the – he's slanting to the left and he's bringing the center of the guard with him, he does a good job. And all those guys do it. And so I think Jalen, give him a lot of credit, you know, where, where from his individual talent. But by no means is this Georgia defense a one-man game. Nope. One man can't do it by himself. This defensive line, they, a lot of the other guys don't get a lot of credit. But this is make, make no means uh, – by no means – is a real good unit. Jalen is at the forefront because he's, you know, that guy. But if the other guys don't do their job, Jalen's not going to be able to do his job. So it's collectively a, a good unit. All right. So like uh, Dumas Johnson and uh, Smile Mondo, all those dudes will have to step up, and th- those guys will maybe reap the benefits of all the attention that uh, Jalen Carter is going to get. Chuck Smith's with us, guys. The uh, the Michigan team last year they lose uh, a Jabo, and obviously uh, Aiden Hutchinson's the dude who hits the ground running for the Lions. So what is their defense? Is, is it kind of like Georgia, Chuck? Is their defense a sum of its parts? Even though they put a bunch of guys in the league last year. Well, contrary to maybe what in our region we kind of think. This program and Georgia's program are comparable. Yep. There's not a there's not a gap. This is this isn't Georgia and Florida, or this isn't Georgia and Tennessee. This is Georgia and Ohio State, arguably the the in my opinion, the the number two program in America right now. It's not Michigan, even though Michigan's beaten them the last two years. Ohio State has hardware over this last decade to say, hey, we're with the big boys. They recruit nationally, so I I just think. 
it's going to be a different game. I mean, number one, think about what Michigan had. They got Michigan got a wide receiver in Marvin Harrison Jr. If he comes out last year, he's a first rounder. He's the best receiver in college football. Simple as that. This Ohio State offensive line, they're veteran led. They're bruisers. You know, remember the quarterback, CJ Stroud, he's projected to be a top three pick. Now, does he run around and do all those things a lot of these other guys do? No, but he's fantastic. So when you look at these programs, the mistake is, wow, we're that much better. No, it's a, it's a small uh, distance between them. But as far as me knowing people at both of them, being around programs, being around the high school, the kids that they get, these programs are on the same level. All right. I'm sure you're going to be watching the uh, Orange Bowl. You're a uh, Tennessee Vols taking on Clemson. <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, Joe Milton? Uh, he's, this is his dress rehearsal. <sighs> you mean, Joe, can I throw a deep ball, Milton? I'm still seeing him overthrowing players, man. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and this offense goes by the quarterback, and I know Joe was brought in there clearly to be that guy. You know, Hendon Hooker ends up being the guy, and it's funny that when you look at Hendon Hooker, you know, what he did, and, you know, it's going to be tough to follow. You know, Tennessee's receivers are not there. The, the, the team that Tennessee had that had a great year this year is not going to be playing tonight. So I think the big challenge from their standpoint is can the, the, the backups get it done? You know, can Milton make the plays? Is he going to – is he not going to flinch when things don't go his way? And those are things that made him the number two because he was supposed to have been the guy. So, and you know, Clemson's starting to – you know, the future is now for Clemson with their new quarterback. Kate Klubnick, yeah. With uh, – yeah, with, with him. And, you know, they, they got some good young talent. That, but the thing for him, they, they're wide receivers, Clemson receivers. Right now that's the weakest unit on the team. So it's going to be an interesting game between both of them, and it would be a big win because from Tennessee's standpoint, that South Carolina loss, who would ever thought a 10-win team, when you look back, it looks as a disappointment because of the way they, it happened for them. And as well as Clemson, you know, you lose their quarterback. And remember, that's going to be a storyline in Clemson history. He was mm-hmm. a, supposed to take them to national championships. So now you're seeing two programs that are going to have to uh, – somewhat compete with lesser than, but the stakes for them moving into recruiting, right. moving into next year are high. So this is an important game for both of those programs. Yeah, DJU uh, was a – I think they were too stubborn. Dabo was just way too stubborn. I think the fan base saw it, the nation saw it, and now Klubnik, who you got to yeah. see in the kickoff game against Georgia Tech. Remember, came on the field game and touchdown. It's his show now. So we'll see. And then Kelly Bryant was kind of like the other Clemson quarterback. It just was good but wasn't good enough mm-hmm. for the championship. Right. So, Chuck, real quick with mm-hmm. the Falcons um, – I know I've asked you every week about Eba Katie and uh, the progression of the young guys. Yeah. Real quick, just because something we got on the show uh, earlier in the week, the Falcons have lots of money to spend, and there's really not great pass rushers. Mm-hmm. But after we did the conversation, no. Squid, Squid Billy brought up the name Deron Payne. What about Grady and Deron mm-hmm. Payne in the middle, and how much better would that make that D-line? Oh, it would be a significant up, upgrade. Deron's had a fantastic year. This year, he's done a really good job getting after it, been stout on the run, has shown an ability to generate some pass rush. I mean, that's a huge upgrade. I mean, it's not even a comparison of where they are now, not a shot at who they got. But Duran becomes disruptive. Him and Grady become one of the best tandems in the league, especially on paper. And I think that, I think also him playing next to Grady makes Duran Payne that much better. And it is lean. But Mike, I, I hate we always have this conversation. It's crazy <laughs> we've had it 
He you know, was, hey, you know, Rob, decade. me and you, when, you know what I'm saying? With these yep. same conversations, it's got to happen through the draft. Right. We yeah. got to have uh, uh, the right free agent. And when you're educated, you got to get, you got to become the guy. Malone, you got to become one of the bookends. Uh, Ogan Deji, if he's there, or Lorenzo Carter, you guys got to be able to get better. But on the inside, there is a couple backups and just Grady. So the work continues. We're going to have the same conversations next year. And it's unfortunate for the Falcon fans. We still haven't found guys that can rush the passer. Well, Chuck, enjoy your balls tonight. Happy New Year, my brother, and uh, we always appreciate your time. Appreciate y'all. Happy New Year's, guys. I appreciate the time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.